mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow! Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson, for the first, or dare I say, second podcast mm. of 2024. How you doing, Pete? What's going on? Did, did you just call me Pete Donaldson? Uh, you were so you were quaking at the very idea of me being on the podcast. Hello, Chris. I have entered 2024 in the manner in which I left 2023. Uh, I've decided to, um, you know, continue experimenting with my fashion choices, and uh, I'm currently wearing a, a red jumper and a red cardigan. I'm doubling up on the red, and I think I, I think I'm probably just going to buy. <laughs> All red clothes, red Tory trousers, uh, and just striding at twenty twenty four as the red man, <laughs> not the one Father out of the Christmas, the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> Your yes, face also, well, I don't know if it's the it's camera. Quite red. It, mm. It's quite red. It's quite red. Have you is got it? the clothes right. to match the face? What's going on with the face? Well, I've, I've got a, uh, I've got a three bar heater. Oh, I've got a three bar heater that. Uh, it's d- just it. like deliciously empty of electronics. It's just like a, a couple of um, heating coils, uh, and I've got it up to um, absolute maximum because it is bloody freezing uh, in South End. So uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what happens when you do a podcast in a shed at the bottom mm. of your garden instead of the Correct. warm, cozy, toasty abroad Japan podcast studio. Although to be fair, I have to switch the heating off because you can hear it apparently on the microphone. So yes, it'll soon can, be cold so. in here. Joy getting chilly, baby. But, of course, it isn't the nicest start to the year for Japan, uh, as you guys are probably aware. Um, we, mm. we recorded the last three episodes sort of in advance over the Christmas holidays, and uh, we've sort of... Lots of bad things have been happening in the week um, since then. And we're going to talk uh, about both the earthquake, the plane crash, and a few other things that have been happening in Japan. Like, it's, it's been really bad. How's the news coverage been of the earthquake and everything over in the UK, Pete? It's been... Um... I think uh, I think obviously Japan's a place that gets a lot of earthquakes. I think when mm. you sort of see a map of uh, Japan uh, in situations like this, it's always quite startling that they 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 know one place and one place alone in Japan, and it's Tokyo. So you literally mm. have the epicenter of the earthquake, which is obviously off off course in this particular situation, um, and you'll just have like a massive like ring of where the sort of you know the the, the radius of influence of of the earthquake was, um, and then you'll just have. Tokyo and and that mm. it, oh it's always quite stark it, it seems to be the only place that anyone gives a toss about uh, is what's happening in Tokyo has True. anyone been hurt at Tokyo and obviously um but, but I mean yeah it's been it's been pretty um 
It's been pre- pretty um, heavy coverage, and, and, and as it should be, because obviously these things don't happen um, uh, all the time uh, in, in Japan, and certainly this has been pretty pretty high on the... It's the Shindo scale, isn't it, in Japan? They call it. They don't call it the, uh, uh, the our scale. It's the Shindo scale. I think it was a seven, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit complicated. There's sort of two ways of measuring like an earthquake in Japan. They've got the magnitude, mm. and this was 7.6, mm. uh, which is very high. It's not as high as the Tohoku one in 2011, which was nine magnitude, which is insane. Yeah. Um, but that earthquake sort of happened, I think, 50 to 100 kilometers off of the east coast of Japan, whereas this one was pretty much directly below the Noto Peninsula. Um, right. And so it really, you know, hit them head on. And um, yeah, there's seven scales, the Shindo scale in Japan, and six or seven... The Shindo scale is more about actually the physical damage and sort of if you can stand up or not. And if it, when it gets to about right. six or seven, that's the point where you can't physically stand up. And if you watch videos of the earthquake that happened on um, January 1st, like, uh, yeah, it's, it's terrifying. Like, yeah. you, you literally cannot stand up. Um, now, I've never experienced an earthquake of that scale. Um, though we did have quite a big one in Sendai uh, two years ago, almost two years ago now. Um, mm. And I was in an apartment block at the time that was quite big and was able to sort of take it. So it was swaying. But the studio uh, at the time, that got rattled, as we saw. And I, that building that the studio was in in Sendai, was, it was sort of dated back to the 1970s. And before, right. I think, 1981, Japanese buildings weren't really certified for, uh, for earthquakes or they weren't sort of able to handle earthquakes. And mm. the studio got really badly hit. And I think that's a big factor in why folks were kind of affected in Noto because these house, you know, lots of old houses, traditional houses that simply mm. aren't like equipped to really handle this sort of earthquake. But I think a lot of people were shocked about where the earthquake happened, right? Uh, mm. Because we're so used to it happening on the east side of Japan or down in places like Kyushu, um, like the Kumoto earthquake in 2018. I think it sort of surprised people where it was happening uh, when it did go, when it did happen on on, on January first. But, um, yeah, I mean, really just a horrible situation. And um, I think 110 fatalities as well, mm. which is for, for, pretty from high. What, from what I heard, it, it, again, it, it wasn't even um, necessarily the, 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 the violence of the actual quake itself. It's when you know it's a bad one, it's it's the ones that last for quite a long time. Because, I mean, mm. Chris, you must, you must be used to feeling tremors all the time. But um, be in a situation where you are um, dealing with something that happens for, you know, longer than... Um, 20 seconds. I mean, that that must be really scary stuff. You must be wondering when, when it's all going to end, I suppose. Well, yeah, I mean, the the one in 2022, that didn't stop. And that was... Mm. Yeah, earthquakes do come and go. They last sort of 10 seconds, I'd say, on average. Mm. And the one I experienced then, it was sort of two earthquakes back-to-back that took over a minute. And that yeah. is really scary. You think, like, the world's ending. And I remember speaking yeah. to Natsuki and Ryotaro about the big one, the Magnitude 9, and they were just... Like it didn't stop, and and with the one in Noto, there's been a lot of um, sort of earthquakes aftershocks following on mm. from it as well, rattling the area even more. But of course, there was also a tsunami warning, uh, which is I remember I was just going to bed, I think, or it was it was about four p.m. sorry in the afternoon. And I remember just seeing the the tsunami warning, and uh, yeah, like that is something we haven't seen in a long time. I was really concerned about that because obviously in the the big 2011 earthquake tsunami. It was the tsunami that caused most of the destruction, yeah, um, and most of the deaths were attributed to the tsunami. Um, mm. Which I, I often remind myself, like I often watch footage of tsunamis because I think most people don't realise what a tsunami is. We sort of picture like 
almost like a movie, like that one wave, that big scary wave coming towards you, right? But it isn't sort of one wave. It's imagine like a wave, but of constant pressure, of constant power, yeah. right? So when that wall hits, it just keeps coming. It's not like mm. one solitary wave. It's like the whole sea it, coming you're, out. Yeah, you're imagining like where it breaks is where it does all the time. It's not. It's just yeah. literally picking up everything and smashing every heavy object into every heavy building. And and, and I guess, so In uh, presumably it didn't cause quite so much of a... I think there were, there, there were metre-high waves. It was, quite, it was, it was still quite, quite mm, destructive, mm. but it was only metre-high waves because it happened mainly on land rather than really far, far out, as far out as, as the last one did. Um, but again, like, a lot of the... Um, I remember going to the Earthquake Museum in Corbin and, and a lot of, like, the damage and a lot of, like, the chaos and a lot of the... Um, the, the the terrible kind of um, loss of life happens kind of in the wake of it, just with stuff like fires and gas mm. explosions and stuff like that. You know, your your our our lives are filled with things that can create sparks and create. You know, we're we're very electrified in 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 in, in modern life, and so these these Absolutely. things do. Yeah. Um, these these things do find them find their way into creating some quite spectacular results. Um, in in the wake of something like this, so um. They're probably quite lucky that it hasn't been more. To be honest, it's a, it's an astonishing um, amount of uh, people to to lose their lives. But hopefully, um, the aftershocks have, have have ceased now, and they can kind of get get away with kind of continuing the rescue efforts. And these, the, the, it's not. Mm. It would probably be helped if this was done if the earthquake happened in more um, like less kind of like remote areas because uh, there's not a lot of people sort of living all sort of clumped together in these places are they They're, it's these kind of like little villages I suppose around that that, that um, have so much trouble with, with um, mm. these earthquakes yeah I mean the Notto Peninsula it's, it's fairly remote um, and so I guess yeah cities like Kanazawa and Toyama as far as I know weren't that badly affected they're kind of lucky in the sense that that neck of the woods particularly like Fukui has, I think, more nuclear power stations per capita than any other prefecture in Japan. I think mm. they're kind of lucky that they didn't seem to be affected or nothing went wrong there. But mm. uh, yeah, I, I, one, one astonishing thing I read today was that the coastline, bits of the coastline were expanded like 175 metres. If you look at satellite images and photos of the coastline, it's just, it mm. seems to have shifted the coastline, which is insane, you know. Um, there, there was like, there were shots of like football um, pitches it had massive kind of fault lines in them and stuff. They were just kind of like, it, it just looked like completely mm. un, unworkable from here on in. They're going to have to um, mm. figure, figure something out. But um, yeah, when you watch, I think it's images like that where you sort of go, the perversity of the whole thing, like how kind of changing one kind of like, you know, sporting venue into this thing that can never be used again effectively. Mm. It's uh, it, it, that, that, it, the, the absurdity of, of what an earthquake can do re- really sort of hits home, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just, I mean, I, I've thought about, could I go there? Could I help in any way? But they're sort of deterring folks from just going there. They want emergency service people only. And what I will say is if you guys do want to donate, we'll put a link in the description box to the um, Japanese yeah. Red Cross Society below. I looked around and I think they're the easiest to donate to if uh, English speakers. Um, but yeah, obviously anything you can donate to help, much appreciated to the people there. Um, and maybe when the situation's stabilised, I would like to go there and try and find out, you know, what the situation is. Um, I think it's really it's, important. I think, I think at, at this point, um, you know, I, 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 you have certain skills, Chris, and YouTubers have certain skills, and people, you know, I, I think that um, 
this the, the the level of help that needs to when you're talking about pulling people out of buildings and stuff like, i mean that that is and you know and securing mm. um sort of routes for for food and water and stuff like that it's i mean it takes a a level of preparedness that that, that can only be done on a governmental level i think absolutely um yeah so but i do want to go there when the situation's stabilized yeah. somewhat and shine a light on the area but for now yeah if you can donate guys japanese red cross in the description box uh below um, I did actually see some like Japanese nuisance YouTubers were going to the bloody, you know, going there and trying to almost cash in on the PR aspect of it, which was mm. rather like unpleasant. And they were called out for it. Um, famously, in the 1995 Kobe earthquake, the Yakuza stepped up. I say stepped up. They they got pretty hands on with things because the um, Yamaguchi Gumi clan are, are you know headquartered in Kobe, and they got right. a lot of good PR out of it um, at the time. So. Yeah, people. It's interesting seeing people react to it and how they can it, it, almost like really cynically kind of try and get something out of it, which is awful. But, our, our, um, nuisance, our nuisance YouTubers, the organised crime of Japan now. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> the honestly, calm themselves down. Nightmare. Yeah. Um, mm. But of course, that wasn't the only thing that happened. And there's been sort of a few days of of bad things happening. Um, and the second thing on the second day of January, the second mm. day of the year when it seemed things couldn't get worse, uh, there was a. a a plane crash at Haneda Airport, um, a Japan, Japan Airlines flight from Hokkaido, A350 plane uh, collided with a small turboprop Coast Guard plane at uh, 547. And uh, the, the Coast Guard plane was, you know, trying to, was about to go off and send aid to the west side of Japan to where the earthquake was. Um, and, uh, you know, if you've seen the footage of it, it's, it's incredible watching this plane land um, on fire Everyone get off. There were 367 people on the plane, 12 crew Crazy. as well, and they all got off unscathed. Unfortunately, the uh, the Coast Guard um, weren't so lucky. Five of the six crew passed away there. But um, I think almost people are sort of seeing it as a bit of a miracle that everyone got off the plane, off the A350, uh, unscathed, especially as the state of the plane at the end of it, right, when it was almost burnt to a crisp. Um Pretty incredible stuff. What did you make of it's, it? It's kind of it's it, it was um it's one of the most spectacular bits of, of footage. I think obviously the plane coming to land, hitting the plane, mm-hmm. and, and and just kind of becoming a bit of a fireball. I think I I think I've spoke about him before on the show, but like um uh, the mentor pilot, a Swedish pilot who basically goes through all of these kind of like um, historical um, aeronautic disasters and basically explains um, why they happened, how they could have been fixed, and and how rare I think um, a lot of these are, uh, a lot of these um, situations are and, and mm-hmm. accidents are simply because um, you know air traffic control are just so um, incredibly well drilled and um, his kind of main message on on most of these kind of like disasters is when when people have um, got out of planes this quickly they sort of say what an incredible performance from the crew from the stewards just an incredible um display of 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 airmanship of stewardship to get that amount of people off a burning plane and burning to that degree as well um the Mm. the the, the people it was was jl wasn't it i mean the the, um japanese airlines yeah uh, yeah, japan airlines uh crew need to be accommodated for for their quick and safe work in such trying conditions and um at, at this moment in time nobody really knows what's went on i think um air traffic control are saying that uh the, the the plane wasn't cleared for for takeoff it shouldn't have been on the runway but then there's footage from um, nhk that sort of sees the plane on the runway for a full 45 seconds so something's gone wrong there there's been a lack of communication and uh, obviously 
um, it, it kind of helps that we've the, the, the pilot is still alive and it seems like he's he's, he's speaking. So um, more more news, I'm sure will 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 emerge, uh, and we're just so happy that um, in such a dire circumstance, uh, so many people have managed to, uh, to, to to get themselves out. So yeah, I mean, amazing work, and you know, our, our thoughts go out to to the crew of the of the of the plane that was um hit yeah i saw some folks tussling online about um some people said oh, it's because it's japanese folks they got off the airline so promptly and so efficiently right okay whatever. Yeah. and some folks said you know it's a generalization of japanese passengers although they contrasted it with some footage of a plane uh where people were like bringing all their luggage off during a fire they were coming down the slide with their suitcases and uh, I think there's a know, fire uh, and then there's a fire. I think you can tell us <laughs> between a fire and that fire. That fire was that fire. Good God. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm, yeah, from my experience, people are very. I, I, one thing about I love flying domestically in Japan because people are so brilliant. They're just getting on the plane quick and they yeah. get on, they don't block the aisle. They're very mindful. They just get to their seat, chuck the bag up, job done. And when you fly domestically in Europe, it's always like a nightmare because people sort of treat it like it's a slow thing they can just sort of amble onto the plane and whatnot so they sort of um, queue up they queue up on the, they queue up at the uh, at the terminal building and then just kind of spend it and just panicking everyone's just panicking oh mm. god but uh yeah it, i mean you know and maybe physically different sizes you know i guess the um, Japanese people are, are, are a little kind of um they're not they're not as um uh, wide as a bus so you know that that's going to make that's just <laughs> going to make things easier i think yeah that's well, an they, they accurate sort of, generalization, I suppose. Yeah. Well, they, they, I mean, you got to think about these things. How distasteful it is. I think um, the interesting thing. I think a lot of these planes, um, when they're kind of um, tested uh, as to how quickly people can 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 escape in an emergency, mm-hmm. um, quite apart from people collecting uh, baggage and being idiots and you know going against what the um, what the stewards are saying, um, they're actually tested by I think army guys you know what i mean like fit mm. young small lithe um nimble like, you know ju- just nimble people who can get from one place to another quite quickly and in an organized and orderly fashion so i think um i think i heard uh, anecdotally a story of they were testing um some some uh some airplane and and basically the the the, the army captain just went right lads you know, the beers are on me if you get out in this particular time and all these lads are just very... They're used to taking orders. They're used to being orderly. They're used to sort of helping each other out and, and getting from one place to the other quite quickly. So I think, that, you know, these these planes are tested with quite fit, um, small mm. people in mind, or they certainly used to be anyway. So it, it may be a very different situation when you've got larger, uh, more obstructive, uh, more um, witless people, let's say. I'll off. probably fall over and block the slide far as far as escaping. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. I like, just the footage of everyone the getting off the plane. <laughs> yeah, just the footage of everyone getting off. Really, just... it's incredible. It's incredible, and 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 well done to those people for, uh, for 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 saving so many lives. Incredible, absolutely. But yeah, not a great start to Japan for 2024. I saw like a ridiculous uh, viral tweet where it was like hypothesized that in like the big New Year's show that Japan has one of mm. the cast members of the show dropped some lucky thing and it was like attributed to his bad luck dropping <laughs> right. the toy or some okay. nonsense. Well, uh, well, that's the thing. I mean, with, with this with this earthquake and, you know, to a lesser extent, the plane, um, they may not celebrate Christmas, but surely they still ce- celebrate um, New Year's and families will be together at this at this point in the year. Mm, mm, absolutely. So, mm. Yeah. 
I saw I saw Natsuki posted on Instagram because people were like really worried about Natsuki because he's on the right. west coast, of course, uh, in Sakata, which had a tsunami warning. It had like the second worst tsunami warning. Um, but he posted like a jovial photo of himself in Tokyo Station shopping. And he was like, I'm good. Natsuki. <laughs> 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 bloody hell, Natsuki. Good old Natsuki. Um, no one thinks all the kind Natsuki. words. Well, thanks for the kind words, guys. Um, we were, mm. we were for the most part, fine. Yeah, everyone was fine that, what, that I know. Yeah. But um, yeah, again, send anything you can to the Japanese Red Cross. And uh, let's dive in to the fax machine in just a moment. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we're back with the fax machine with your stories, comments, and questions. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dalton? Dear Mr. Sunday Times bestseller and Mr. Coolish Connoisseur, my name is Laurence and I am from Belgium. And this is a little story of how I appeared on Japanese TV. In November, I travelled to Japan for the second time and this time around I decided to solo travel a big chunk of Hokkaido, which was absolutely amazing. But on my last day in Tokyo... I felt like I had to do a quick speed run of Tokyo highlights. Upon arriving at the Shibuya Crossing, I was stopped by a camera crew and interviewer. They interviewed me, they interviewed me about sukiyaki and whether I tried it before and liked it. Classic Japanese telly. <laughs> She's obsessed with food. Um, towards the end of the interview, they invited me to have sukiyaki on the following Monday for their show. Sadly, I told them I had a flight the following morning and I was not able to attend their big sukiyaki circus. Um, <laughs> thinking they would be uh, would not be satisfied with an incomplete interview, I, I didn't think much of it. However, less than a week after I got home, uh, a Japanese friend texted me saying, "Hey, you were on Japanese TV." 
Um, it wasn't an experience on my bucket list, but I'm happy to be able to cross it off the list. Thank you for everything that you uh, do and keep up the great videos and podcast. And uh, yeah, they've att- Laurent has uh, attached a picture and it's basically just them in the middle of Tokyo saying that um, he has had skiaki. <laughs> it's just absolutely bizarre. Lucky guy. Is it was the, yeah. is the TV show called like Why Have You Come to Japan or What You're Doing in Japan? Okay, right. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Nani Nihon ni Why Why the fuck do you come to Japan? Something like that. Right. And they basically just stand around the airport, and when a foreigner walks through, they go, "What are you doing here? Why are you coming to Japan?" <laughs> and if you are doing something moderately interesting, they will follow you and just follow you around Japan. And uh, mm. I remember we had a guy, <laughs> a guy I think from Germany, who uh, had watched a Born Japan video on Wankasorba the noodle challenge. Mm. And they were like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm going to do the Wankasoba noodle challenge. I saw it on Abroad in Japan. And they played the Abroad in Japan clip of me doing it. And then they followed him on the big journey north to Morioka. And they followed him and they watched him eat it. And it just must have been really surreal. It's this German this guy. This show has no plan. This no, this show has no yeah. plan of actually what they're doing. They've got, we'll just follow this guy two hours out of Tokyo, <laughs> shall we? It's kind of it's cool incredible. in some respects. Like, you, you know, you're coming here on holiday... All of a sudden, you're a national celebrity. You're a national treasure mm-hmm. on Japanese television with a big crew following you around. Rather intimidating, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, but what an experience. What an experience. It's a shame it hasn't happened to you yet. You'd be so... Fu- like, all the weird, obscure shit that you do. I think that'd oh, be so no, funny. I'm, like, I'm going to go I'm and look at you- tea shop in I, I was interviewed. I was interviewed in Super Potato, me and my friend Alex. Uh, of course you uh, and I And I had a... Um, it was Halloween. I said, what, what are you doing in Japan? I think it was probably, probably the same TV show. Maybe I was there. Maybe I was on there. If they're going to put a man who's... Who, to be honest, Lawrence has emailed and never actually said whether he's actually had sukiyaki or not. He said that he's been asked about sukiyaki, but we're in the dark still about whether Laurence has had sukiyaki. So do let us know, Laurence. I'm, 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 I'm on tenterhooks here for crying out loud. So I still don't know whether yes, the binary yes or no, whether he's, whether sukiyaki has bothered uh, Laurence's uh, uh, lips. I'm, 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 I'm completely in the dark. I'm a little bit upset about it. But no, I was in um, Super <laughs> Potato, and I, um, yeah, and, and they asked me what we were doing um, around Halloween. I said, well, we're going to go to a, a party. We're going to go to a party, and uh, we'd, I'd bought like um i bought a little um costume and i was dressed as uh, Minnie mouse so uh Minnie mouse. i was i was that, that that night i was dressed as Minnie mouse and uh, i said uh she said oh sagoi i went mm, sexy um so maybe that was on <laughs> breakfast television in japan me um talking about my sexy Minnie mouse costume <laughs> wow that sounds yeah <laughs> that must have like confused the hell out of them like yeah. this man what <laughs> roused the hell out of them I bet, I bet. <laughs> Bloody hell. We got one here from uh, Cole Zimmerman. <coughs> Cole Zimmerman. He says, Dear Cauliflower Chris and Prickly Pear Pete, I have heard that sometimes Japanese restaurants that are very dingy and possibly unclean are known for having some of the best food. Have there been any times in the past where you've eaten at a restaurant where it's perhaps a little, a little too dingy for your taste oh. and made the meal taste worse because of the thought of the kitchen? Or have you really never minded? I've started working at McDonald's recently and I don't know if I can eat their food ever again because of how disturbing <laughs> some of the scenes in the kitchen there are uh, from a curious viewer. That's an interesting question, actually. Like a lot of Japanese restaurants, they're sort of mum and pup shops, right? Run in a house sometimes. Mm. And, you know, you do look over the kitchen counter and go, oh, I don't really want to look over there because they're not as clean as you would necessarily right. like. Um, almost, But then it's almost reassuring that you can see into the kitchen. 
in a lot of Japanese restaurants far more often, I would say, than sort of a restaurant in the UK or the West maybe. But uh, I don't know. Can you think of a restaurant you've been to where you've been put off by seeing into the kitchen or the atmosphere? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think me, me and you um, had that meal in Kobe um, of the fancy A5 Wagyu steak. Mm. And we basically put the, um, and we basically sat down and we were doing a bit of filming or whatever. And I could, I looked through the kitchen and it was a really nice clean kitchen. You know, it was a really mm. top class steak restaurant. But the guy he was, was there, just, wasn't he? he was just having, he just didn't have a tab on. And he looked <laughs> at me that, yeah. and looked at the kitchen and then just slammed the door of the, of the back door so he could smoke outside in peace. But I did sort of go... What are you doing out there? (laughs) (laughs) Bloody hell. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) when you go out to the countryside, you will go to some pretty dicey-looking restaurants. I always find yakiniku restaurants, like uh, grilled meat, are the ones to watch Mm. out for because they're very often very cheap sort of restaurants. You know, you have your own grill, and then you get a big plate, a slab of meat to eat, and, uh, yeah, often there's not much of a kitchen. It's just like... The, mm. the meat is ready to go, raw, and you have to cook it yourself. Those are the yeah. ones to watch out for. I went to a dicey one with Riotre once in Iwate, and I remember it was like intest- like horse intestines or something. And God, Why oh, horse God. intestines? Surely, surely any animal's intestines are the same. Give me a cow's intestine. It's going to be the same as a horse, isn't it? Riotre oh. is not a man that plays by the rules. He insisted I eat it. <laughs> I don't think I did. And he had like no. a cow's, cow's uterus and all this other... Just awful, awful food. It's dog food. Um, like, I, I was like, kind of. I, it's the sort of thing that I buy the dogs. Like my my dogs have a real penchant for the old, uh, the, you know, the you know the fibrous kind of stuff. Like I don't mind eating offal in like Chinese restaurants because they just spice it up and it's nice and it's good. You know, Sichuan like proper like guts with like you know the inside of a stomach with like mad kind of like little cells in and stuff. It's great, but <laughs> I, I just I just think the the the, the Japanese are just so. They love like the purity of the flavor of the food, and they don't flavor mm. it enough to disguise True. what exactly I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's accurate. Yeah, that's a fair point, actually. Mm. Yeah, you certainly notice that with Japanese food, they really don't. Uh, yeah, they they keep it simple. I kind of like mm. that though. Like you know, sushi in North America, Europe, they have lots of like sushi rolls, lots of different flavorings and things. But yeah, I've never I've never had sushi that is as good as Japan. And Japan, it keeps it simple. Just the best mm. rice, made it in the best way, vinegared rice, done to perfection, with a nice cut of fresh fish. And that's it, simple. And I like that. And I think that's one thing that uh, gets right. Simplicity. I went to a, a Japanese restaurant last night. Um, there's a Japanese restaurant Ooh. quite close to us uh, these days. And uh, it's a Japanese lady who's uh, opening it up with her, with her two, two kids. And um, yeah, she does a bloody lovely job. I had um, beef skewed on ball and um, she was takoyaki wow. and stuff. And and um and I, I was with a, a, a friend's baby, and I was feeding them um, salmon. You're <laughs> with them, a friend's uh, baby, cooked, cooked, cooked <laughs> salmon with the uh, with the old um, chopsticks. We were looking after a baby, so I was feeding <laughs> them with chopsticks. So I think it's like the first time she's ever been fed with chopsticks. And you've seen my chopsticks technique. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I'm yes. The word appalling. Your chopstick yeah. skills are pretty scary. I think you nearly took someone's eye out the last time I saw you at a restaurant. <laughs> they, they, be careful. It's, it's the one thing. It's the one thing <laughs> that when I've been on the rare occasion I'm on a Nebrodjman video. It's the one thing that uh, do people people do comment about. <laughs> you hold next, the chopsticks like nice, Pete. Next to me being too walk, I'm too walk, and I can't use chopsticks. And you have oh, a red face. Flipping do. 
and I have a big red face. <laughs> My God. And on that note, uh, keep the stories, <laughs> questions, comments coming into abroadjapanpodcast at gmail.com or leave a comment if you're watching on YouTube down below. But for now, guys, mm. we'll be back talking about 2024 uh, in the next episode, in the next few days. But for now, have yourselves a good one. We'll see you right back here. It's all over again on the Abroad Japan podcast. Bye for now. Bye, red face. I'm not got a red face. It's fine. Ow. in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.